0: Welcome to Crime, Corruption, and Cocktails, the true crime podcast where we look at cases of corruption and negligence and examine their historical and cultural implications. Today, I'm drinking a sake bomb. What are you having, Jenny?
1: I'm drinking a vodka soda. On this week's episode, we're exploring the death of Otto Warmbier, an American college student who was imprisoned in North Korea and died shortly after his return to the U.S. Otto Frederick Warmbier was born on December 12, 1994, in Cincinnati, Ohio. He was the salutatorian of his graduating class at Wyoming High School. Warmbier excelled at academics as well as soccer and swimming. After graduation, he attended the University of Virginia on a scholarship and double majored in commerce and economics with the hopes of becoming an investment banker. Warren Beer loved traveling, and while studying abroad in Hong Kong, he decided to take a five-day trip to North Korea with Young Pioneer Tours. His parents were not happy, but they trusted their son. Just after Christmas 2015, 21-year-old Warren Beer left China and flew to Pyongyang, North Korea's capital with his tour group that consisted of Canadians, Australians, Europeans, and Americans of all ages. His tour included stops at a captured U.S. naval ship from the Korean War, the border between North and South Korea, and a New Year's Eve fireworks display. On New Year's Eve, Otto was alleged to have attempted to steal a framed propaganda poster within a staff-only area of the Yonggokto International Hotel, the hotel where the tour group was staying. Otto's British roommate for the trip, Danny Grattan, would later say Otto never mentioned his attempt to steal the sign. There was, however, a two hour window on New Year's Eve where Grattan was separated from Otto and could not account for his whereabouts. On January 2nd, the group went to Pyongyang Sunan International Airport to head back to China. While going through immigration control, Otto was whisked away by guards. Although one of the tour guides is reported to have spoken to Otto on the phone, who said he had a, quote, severe headache and wanted to be taken to the hospital, and quote, Troy Collins from Young Pioneer Tours told the BBC none of its employees had direct contact with Otto after he was escorted away. One guide stayed in Pyongyang to try to make contact and offer assistance, but was unable to do so. He also claimed this was the only time North Korea had taken issue with someone on a tour. On January 22, 2016, North Korea finally confirmed that Otto had been arrested for a quote-unquote hostile act against the state. In March 2016, Otto gave a televised pretrial statement in which he admitted to trying to steal the poster for a member of the Friendship United Methodist Church in Wyoming, Ohio, who wanted it as a quote-unquote trophy. He continued by thanking the North Korean government for the quote, opportunity to apologize for my crime, to beg for forgiveness, and to beg for any assistance to save my life, end quote. During the statement, Otto broke down in tears and said "quote." I have made the worst mistake of my life. Otto's confession seemed strange to many, like it had not been written by him especially since Otto was Jewish and had no connection to the Methodist church he mentioned.
0: It was announced not long after that, for his crimes against the state, Otto would receive 15 years of hard labor. His sentence was shocking and, quote, unusually high for a foreigner, end quote, and some thought it was connected to deepening tensions between North Korea and the United States. It was argued that Otto should have never gone to trial, and many expected that after a period of being isolated and interrogated, he would be returned home after the United States made some political concessions to Pyongyang. American officials repeatedly urged North Korean officials to give Swedish consulate access to Otto and the three other American citizens detained in North Korea at the time. Following the trial, brief black and white footage was released showing a man who the North Korean government claimed was Otto, removing a sign from the wall in the International Hotel and placing it on the floor. The man in question Facial features are not distinguishable, and no one has ever proven that the video is of Ada. In February 2017, then-President Donald Trump directed U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson to, quote, take all appropriate measures, end quote, to secure the release of American hostages in North Korea. Several months later, in May... The Special Representative for North Korea Policy at the U.S. State Department met high-level representatives from the North Korean Ministry of Foreign Affairs. The North Koreans reportedly agreed to authorize the Swedish Embassy in Pyongyang to pay a counselor visit to all four detainees, according to the State Department although it is unclear if they were ever able to conduct that visit. According to the State Department, North Korea then urgently requested an in-person meeting with the United States in New York City. On June 6, 2017, State Department Special Representative Joseph Young met with DPRK U.S. Mission Ambassador Pat in New York City. During this meeting, the State Department claimed Young learned of Otto's medical condition. After consulting with Trump, Tillerson instructed Young to prepare to travel to North Korea to bring Otto back to the United States. They quickly organized a medical team, and airplane, to travel to North Korea. Otto's parents were told of his health. North Korean officials met with the American delegation Yang Yang, the State Department said upon their arrival, Yang and two doctors were able to visit Otto that morning. This was the first time the United States was able to confirm Otto's status after he had been sentenced. The State Department claimed that Yang insisted on Otto's release while in North Korea, but others claimed that they had made arrangements for his release before Yang's trip
1: on June thirteenth twenty seventeen Otto was removed from North Korea. He arrived in Cincinnati, Ohio in the evening and was transported by ambulance to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. His parents greeted Otto before he was transported and noticed that their son was not well. He was violently jerking and howling. There was also a feeding tube in his nose. And his mother noticed that his teeth looked like they had been rearranged. Otto was in a vegetative state, according to doctors. He could not speak, but he did have rapid eye movement. Just days later, on June 19th, Otto, who was surrounded by his family, passed away. Not much of what Otto experienced while imprisoned in North Korea is known, but in a press conference, Otto's father, Frederick, claimed he fell into a coma the day after he was sentenced in March 2016 and that he was imprisoned for political purposes. He further claimed that the North Korean government, quote-unquote, brutalized and terrorized his son. North Korea vehemently denied any mistreatment of Otto while in their custody, and claimed Otto became comatose after contracting botulism and taking a sleeping pill. However, U.S. doctors found no evidence of botulism, and in September 2017, it was found that Otto died from lack of oxygen to the brain, probably caused by a cardiac arrest. His exact cause of brain damage is still unknown. There were also no signs that Otto was beaten or tortured, but there were several scars found on his body. Since 1968, there have been no clear-cut cases of North Koreans physically torturing American prisoners. However, psychological torture is common, which has led some to theorize that Otto may have attempted suicide while in prison and suffered brain damage from the attempt. In April 2018, Otto's parents filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the North Korean government for $1 billion. The lawsuit charged the North Korean government with, quote, hostage-taking, illegal detention, torture, and killing of a young American tourist, end quote, in order to, quote, extract various concessions from the United States government, end quote. In December 2018, a judge ruled in their favor and ordered the North Korean government to pay the family more than $500 million in damages. In October 2021, the Otto Warmbier North Korea Censorship and Surveillance Act was passed by the U.S. Senate Foreign Relations Committee. This legislation provides $10 million annually for the next five years to counter North Korea's repressive censorship and surveillance state, while also encouraging sanctions on those who enable this repressive information environment both in and outside of North Korea. I'm not sure if North Korea has paid any of that or if they plan to pay any of it. I think historically they don't have the best track record with paying fines that they are handed. But what do you think of Otto's case and his punishment, and do you think it's safe for people outside of the country to visit North Korea? And should tours even be allowed?
0: I think that his case is tragic and really demonstrates the risks involved in Americans going to countries that are hostile to the United States. I do think his punishment was too harsh and he should have just been deported back to the United States. I do not think it's safe for Americans or citizens of countries that have a friendly relationship with America to travel to North Korea. I also don't believe that people should be participating in these tours. I understand that the nature of North Korea makes it a novelty, but it's not worth the risks involved. I think that the only exception would be a journalist group going so that North Korea can be studied and the state of the country can be shown to citizens of Western countries. I just think that When you look at Otto's case and you also just look at the general atmosphere of North Korea, it's not safe. And I understand that people are thrill seekers and they want to do something that most people don't. But why would you risk your life to visit North Korea? Like, there's so many other things that you can do in this world. There's so many other countries that you can explore. The fact that you can't even travel directly to North Korea should give you a sense of the dangers involved in it. What do you think?
1: We've got pretty similar thoughts, I would say. It really is an awful situation. And I think Otto really was kind of made an example of by the North Korean government. His sentence was definitely uncalled for. Even if he did steal this poster, 15 years hard labor is ridiculous. And it was very shocking, like we said, to a lot of people. So again, that's why people think he was kind of used as like a political pawn. I don't really know if they would have tortured him like we said the North Korean government like we said doesn't really have a history of physically torturing American prisoners but I have read that if Otto was really you know trying to fight for his innocence maybe they would have I think the suicide attempt theory makes sense especially since there was no like bruising or like really like broken bones that were found he did not receive a full autopsy I will say that maybe there is some more information out there that we just don't know I'm not sure but regardless he did not deserve what he got and it's so awful i also agree that i don't think it's a safe place for many people to visit and i don't understand why people would want to go on a tour like you said it's like a thrill seeker thing the tour company that Otto was with they advertised north korea as like a place your mom wouldn't want you to visit so They clearly knew the risk that was involved, even if maybe they thought it was low. Honestly, like ethically, I don't really know why you would want to give money to a nation that is so awful, I guess, frankly. thats I mean, I don't think that's harsh. We're going to talk about what the human rights violations in North Korea are, but uh, why would you want to give money to a country that treats its citizens awfully? They want tourists to see this very whitewashed version of the country that is not true at all, and then they just use the money to keep the status quo going. It's not used for anything good really. And maybe people don't know that. I don't really know how much Otto knew going into it. I've heard that he was a little surprised seeing some of the stuff in North Korea but he was clearly a well-educated person so I can't imagine he would be totally unfamiliar with the goings-on in North Korea. Though Otto was American, he was imprisoned similarly to a North Korean citizen. His case shed even more light on the human rights violations going on in North Korea. North Korea is very isolated from the rest of the world, and it has been ruled by the Kim family for three generations. Its citizens are required to show complete devotion to the family and its current leader, Kim Jong-un. The state, meaning the country's government, controls everything and actively spies on its citizens using a vast surveillance and informer network. Citizens are not allowed to leave the country without government permission, and I believe that the COVID-19 pandemic has made things even stricter. The economy is also strictly controlled and the government funnels money into its nuclear and missile program despite widespread shortages of food, fuel, and other basic necessities. North Korea has ratified many important international human rights treaties, yet it is known for ignoring their requirements. A 2014 United Nations Commission of Inquiry report on human rights and the Democratic People's Republic of Korea concluded the government committed crimes against humanity, including extermination, murder, enslavement, torture, imprisonment, rape, and other forms of sexual violence, as well as forced abortion. So Otto would have been placed in a prison camp after he was sentenced. And according to a report by the U.S. State Department, there are between 80,000 and 120,000 people in prison in In North Korea. Activists say people can be jailed for almost anything with crimes ranging from watching a South Korean DVD to trying to defect. People convicted of political crimes are often sent to brutal labor camps which involve physical work such as mining and logging. Amnesty International has described the prison camps as quote-unquote harsh beyond endurance. Detainees face torture and beatings by guards and women are left especially vulnerable to sexual coercion and abuse. Not all those in prison have actually committed crimes either. North Korea practices collective punishment, so if one person of a family is found guilty, it's possible that their whole family gets punished. North Korea uses the death penalty and has been known to conduct public executions as well. Foreign nationals in North Korea have been arrested and detained for extended periods of time, often kept as prisoners for political reasons and used as diplomatic pawns at opportune moments.
0: A significant majority of North Koreans undertake unpaid labor at some point in their lives, according to a Human Rights Watch report. The country uses unpaid labor from its citizens to build infrastructure and implement public projects. Former students who defected from North Korea told the Human Rights Watch that their schools forced them to work for free on farms twice a year at plowing and other activities. North Korea also sends hundreds of thousands of people to work overseas as low-cost labor, with many of them essentially working under slave-like conditions. North Korea also has a history of sending workers to countries including China, Kuwait, and Qatar, though most countries have stopped renewing work visas to North Koreans to comply with UN sanctions. A large percentage of workers' salaries are usually seized by the state, which is a huge income source for the country. North Korea's media is arguably the most tightly controlled in the world. Reporters Without Borders ranks it last in its World Press Freedom Index. North Koreans get all of their news, entertainment, and information from state media, which unfailingly praises the leadership. According to Reporters Without Borders, citizens can be sent to prison for viewing, reading, or listening to content provided by international media outlets.
1: We'll get into a few other examples of Americans that were also arrested in North Korea or other countries in the world. So the first is Yuna Lee and Laura Ling. In March 2009, journalists Yuna Lee and Laura Ling were on assignment for Al Gore's current TV network when they crossed over the border into North Korea while filming a report on human trafficking. Though the two were in the country for quote-unquote maybe 30 seconds, according to Ling's sister, journalist Lisa Ling, they were swiftly captured by border guards and soon found themselves sentenced by North Korea's highest court to 12 years of hard labor in a prison camp. Former President Bill Clinton was able to negotiate the duo's release after 140 days in custody. And then we have the case of Michael P. Fay. He was an 18-year-old high school student from Ohio who was attending the Singapore American School in Singapore. In 1994, Fay confessed to spray-painting several cars and defacing property during a 10-day vandalism spree. Bay, who later said his confession was coerced, received four months in prison and six strokes from a four-foot-long, six-inch-wide rattan cane. When U.S. officials heard such floggings could allegedly cause permanent damage, they protested the sentence, but Singapore's government, undeterred by the prospect of an international fight, carried out the sentence on May 5, 1994, and we also just wanted to note that his story was eventually parodied on The Simpsons.
0: And the final case we're going to look at is probably the most well-known, and that's the story of Amanda Knox. Amanda Knox was an American college student studying in Italy in 2007 when her British roommate Meredith Kirscher was brutally murdered in their apartment. Knox and her then-boyfriend, Rafael Solacito, were both found guilty of killing Meredith, and they received 26 and 25-year prison sentences, respectively. In October 2011, Knox and Solacito were acquitted and set free. In March of 2013, Knox was ordered to stand trial again for Kirshner's murder. Italy's final court of appeals, the Court of Cassation, overturned both Knox and Solacito's acquittals. Knox and Solacito were then found guilty again of murder in February 2014, with Solicito receiving a 25-year prison sentence and Knox receiving a 28.5-year sentence. The Supreme Court of Italy overturned her and Solicito's convictions in 2015.
1: Tell, do you think those traveling abroad or even studying abroad can kind of get lost maybe in the moment and often forget about laws and potentially think that being an American will protect them?
0: I think that that could be a factor, but I think it's more culturally based and simply overconfidence in being an American. Many of the Americans arrested in foreign countries did activities that are either treated as non-serious juvenile behavior like minor vandalism or actions that aren't illegal in the U.S., like exercising rights related to free speech and protest. I don't think that Americans actively forget about the laws of other countries, but I do think that they apply U.S. laws and rights to their activities in foreign countries. And obviously, this is a huge mistake. And I definitely think that any American or, you know, any citizen of any country that's going to be visiting a foreign nation, definitely make sure that you do your research on that country to make sure that you are not carrying out activities that are illegal in their eyes. There's certain differences in countries when it comes to rights and when it comes to things that you can do, and you should always equip yourself with that knowledge before you go to another country, especially a country where the laws are harsher and the rights are more restricted.
1: So I think you definitely hit on really big key points. I do think that sometimes people can just only focus in on U.S. laws. And like you said, I think it's really important to research other countries. It's really depending on where you're going. But, you know, you might be surprised on what is, uh, you know, appropriate and considered legal in a country you may be visiting, whether it's for work or school or just
0: for, you know, fun, for leisure. That wraps up this week's case. Thank you for listening. Let us know in the comments what you think about the Otto Warmbier case. You can read more about this case and how to support us in the links below. We will be back next week with a brand new episode focus on the station nightclub fire. As always, stay safe.